So uh, this is Lee Title, and uh, we're going to start. Um, this is a conference call for uh, for admitted students, with where we'll we'll address a bunch of questions, but we're particularly interested in focusing on on issues of race and equity. And what I'd like to do is just uh, sort of find out who's on with us now, so that um, and if you have a particular question about race and equity, we just invite you to um, uh, to ask it. Uh, some of you were on the call um, on Monday where we were focusing on the platform. And um, so you know that was kind of the routine that we used. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to start with the people who have already identified themselves as on the call. So um, just because it's easier to regulate the order of that. And I also want to mention, um, as we did on uh, Monday, is that we're also recording the call so that uh, people who weren't able, we've already heard from people who wanted to get on but weren't available, uh, can can tune in. It'll be on. It'll be available on our our admitted students uh, website. Um, so let me start, uh, Jeannie, with you. Just say hi and maybe give us you know a sentence about where you are and any question that you have particularly on the topic. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm Jeannie and um, I'm a counselor at um, U.S. College Prep, which is in Chicago, and. Um, I guess I'm just kind of curious what the approach to the training is for um, for um, us students, and um, especially for those of us who may not um, be of the same background as our students, and then also what the um, demographic makeup is of um, the students in uh, Boston Public Schools. Um, just curious if it's at all comparable to um, like the to Chicago, because um, where I'll be heading afterwards. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Lorena, you you're on. Uh, any, any particular, a little 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 bit about you, and any particular question you have? Yeah. Um, so my name is Lorena. I am from Los Angeles, um, West well, Berkeley. After I graduated from college, I actually taught on the Rosebud Reservation, so I got to. Um, so my students were. All natives, and then since then I've been working at a nonprofit where I work predominantly Hispanic students. Um, so having been in South in California for most of my life, I'm kind of I'm very familiar with the population um, here, and it's a group that I personally identify with being a Latina. Um, so really, I'm just here to listen and learn, um, so I can be culturally competent when I kind of move to Boston. I haven't spent much time on the East Coast, so. That's the area that I'm, you know, more unfamiliar with. Great, um, Alexandra, say a little about you, and, and if you've got a question. Sure. Hi, I'm Alexandra, and I'm in Chicago as well. I'm a case manager at Browner College Prep, one of the Noble Street charter schools, and I'm actually from Los Angeles as well. Um, hi, and then um, I graduated from the University of Michigan, and I guess my only question at this point would be the coursework uh, in the upcoming year looks like surrounding this issue of racial inequity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like what does it look like when you come here? What do we do here about around that? Right. Yeah. Is there yeah. any coursework that surrounds that concept or, yeah. or yeah. those issues? And um, let me check, because I think there may be one or two other people on, but I don't, I'm not sure who you are. So if you haven't, if I haven't called out your name, it means I don't know that you're here, but, uh, but please... Say hello. Hi, uh, this is Michael Rabin. Um, uh, currently live in Washington, D.C. Um, work in a 
leadership position in a K through three charter school. Um, have for a few years now, and really just wanted to call in and, and kind of hear what the program's approach was around this issue, um, and kind of see similar to what the coursework looked like and how it all fits into the practicum. Great. Okay. And is there anybody else who's who we who who's on? Hey, Lee. This is Alex T. Shorty from Oahu, Hawaii. Um, thanks for having me twice in a week. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd echo the other questions and interests that other books have shared. I'd also be interested to hear kind of how that foundation is built over the first couple of weeks as an SLP cohort. Um, how we are bringing, I guess, the themes and the experiences that each one of us are bringing to the program and weaving those together uh, to strengthen the cohort and then to build upon. Great. Okay. And it's, I think someone else just joined. If you did, please say hello. Hi, it's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. So um, is there any other admitted student on who hasn't said hi? Um, okay. Did anyone just join? I'm just trying to welcome everybody in, and it's, help, it's helpful to know names. Anybody else just join? Hi, Lee. This is Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. Great. Thanks for thanks for joining again. Uh, those of you who are on the call on Monday know that uh, Jasmine is one of the current students, and I had invited her as well to 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 join in. Um, so let me start, and I'm just reminding people we're recording this. Uh, some people just logged on. Um, the couple other people who are who are on are um, so in addition to Jasmia, who's a current student, um, there the, several three of our teaching fellows have joined. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, and then they they can also help answer some of the questions. So um, Cesar, do you want to start? So we may have lost Cesar for a second. So. Um, let me invite Tracy. Hello, Lee. Yes. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. I was I was speaking and saying hello, and I didn't realize that I had my phone on mute. Got it. Okay. So, um, say, so just say 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 something about yourself, and uh, and then so people know who you are. Sure. My name is Cesar Cruz. I'm a doctoral student here at Harvard, and this year I've taken a deep dive with the school leaders program. I play two roles, actually three roles in the program. I'm a teaching fellow for one of the core courses. I'm also a coach for four of the students like yourselves who are coming into the program. And Tracy and I were brought on uh, to help facilitate uh, and continue to build the work on issues of race and equity. I'm a Mexican immigrant um, from Mexico, migrated to Los Angeles, uh, then moved to the Bay Area, and I've been an educator for over 20 years and just excited to hear the diversity of the folks that are coming in. And I'd love to answer any questions that you may have about Harvard or the program as I've experienced it. Great. Thank you. Um, Tracy? Uh, yeah, I'm Tracy Benstein. I'm in the same program with the other Doctor of Education Leadership Program. Um, I serve in the same three roles that Cesar just described. Uh, I've uh, been in education since 2001 uh, around the country in Texas, Florida, North Carolina. Most recently landed in uh, Western Massachusetts as a high school principal before I transitioned um, to, uh, to coming here to Harvard. Great. Thank you. And uh, Sarah? 
Hi, my name is Sarah Bruin. I graduated from SLP in 2013, um, and then I had my second child in September of 2013, so decided that was not the time to take on a principalship, um, and I've been working with SLP now for the past two years. This year, I'm a teaching fellow for both of the core courses, um, and I'm going to start a doctoral program at SLP in the fall. Um, it's been a real honor to work with this year's teaching team, and uh, I'm just excited to be hearing from, from our incoming students. Thank you. Um, so, so this is Lee again, and what I want to do is just give a, like a, a minute overview of, uh, of how we think about like why we, why we care and why we, why we focus really strongly on issues of race and equity. Um, and then I'm going to invite um, some of the folks, students, teaching, teaching fellows um, who are on the call to answer some of the questions that, that you might have. But let me just do a moment of overall framing. Um, so, you know, basically we, the, the program has a, has, takes a strong stance, you know, strong philosophy that, you know, what we're trying to do, what our, what our, what our purpose and mission is, is to, uh, is to work to help schools meet the learning needs of all kids, not just the kids who are more privileged. And in the U.S. that typically means, you know, more white and more affluent. Not all, not all the time, of course. Um, and so we feel like you can't really look at and just talk about issues of being a transformative leader in schools without also talking about race and equity. Um, and we do, I'm going to give a couple of headlines of some of the things that we do around that um, and then sort of open it up to, to invite other, other folks to add some stuff and, and people who are curious to ask more questions about it. Um, so the cohort itself tends to be um, of, of incoming students tends to be pretty diverse. I think if everybody ends up coming or if it's proportional, it'll be about 40, maybe 45 percent people have identified as folks of color coming in. That's huge. That's important from our perspective in terms of uh, uh, deliberately taking advantage of the diversity in our group so that we, um, so that we, can, we can talk about the differences uh, between us as well as the, the things that bring us together, the kind of common commitments that we do. Um, we do that in several ways. We have a couple, uh, those of you who are on the call on Monday know that we open with a, uh, seven days of an orientation. We do a lot of work in that orientation um, around building a community, building a cohort. How do we talk with each other across differences? How do we, uh, how do we understand the roots, what we bring to education? How do we, and how do we and, and how do we talk across uh, race, racial and ethnic and socioeconomic lines? Um, during the course of the year, we, uh, we weave the programming in by asking people to think from the very outset about what a vision of equity looks like in their schools. Um, and because uh, everyone is in a practicum site. And we ask people to develop that and we you know, refine that over the year. We also provide opportunities both in class and out of class, and I'm going to come back to that in a second, um, for people to, um, to learn with each other, including being uncomfortable with each other. So some of our conversations about race, uh, gender, homophobia are not always comfortable conversations, and we kind of relish that. Like we just sort of accept that as being an important part of, of, of how we learn together. Um, and we also have students take, we, we, we kind of do some surveying together with students about like what they need to be really transformative leaders around race and equity. And then 
we organized some of the programming in the in the course uh, in the program to provide that. Um, one of the the things that I referred to, and I'll just wrap with this, is that this year particularly, um, we have organized some optional Friday afternoon leadership sessions uh, that Tracy and Cesar have led and worked with the students in preparing and leading that have been really powerful. Many of them, not all, but many of them have focused around race, some focused on gender, as well as other topics that the students identify um, and the students lead. So um, let me stop there and just invite, I'll start by just inviting any of the teaching fellows to talk a little bit about their, their experience with that and then, and then go back to the, the admitted students and just invite, like, what are some other questions that, um, that you've got? I can go this success um, I think all I, all I would want to add because I, I, I had a chance to hear some of your questions and they're really great questions. Some of the demographics of, of Boston and Boston Public Schools, Lee can talk about later, but what I really admire about the School Leaders Program is that it doesn't give lip service to this sort of um, bland idea of diversity um, and not really delve into issues of equity. And it really does a phenomenal job of diving in. And I don't think anyone should feel like, if I've never done that work, uh, is this a place for me? And so if you're a student of color, if you're a white student, regardless of your skin color, if you feel like, I don't necessarily consider myself uh, someone very knowledgeable on these issues, that shouldn't scare you away. I think it's just having an openness, what's amazing about this program, is having openness to learn, to share your experience, and we create enough psychological safety so that people can share their most honest selves uh, and also be given the opportunity to grow and develop and push and be pushed in ways that are empowering. And uh, Tracy always talks to us about how do we lean into the discomfort that sometimes we may feel when we're addressing issues of race or equity that sometimes may be difficult or courageous conversations. But um, what I've observed in the program is it's made us stronger and it's created a real genuine bond where we're not having superficial conversations, but getting to the nitty-gritty of these issues. And that's really, really powerful. And I want to compare that to my own program. I'm in the doctoral program here at Harvard where we don't do that at all. And so what makes school leaders' uh, programs special is that the faculty, including Sarah Fireman and Lee Title, intentionally have brought this as a part of the work, a part of the work of changing schools and improving outcomes for all kids is that equity work is central to that, and that's something I very much admire and thankful to be part of. Thanks. Let me invite anyone else on the, either on the teaching team or Jasmia to just to talk a little about your own from your own experience, and and then again we'll 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 open it back up uh, and we'll we'll try to be systematic about addressing some of the questions that people identify. Hi, so I identify as a African-American woman um, in our program, and I think that uh, the school leadership program, and I also um, did Teach for America, um, attended a historically black college university, and the school leadership program has probably challenged me the most in my racial identity development, but it's been absolutely one of the most rewarding um, experiences that I've had thus far in um, challenging my own bias and assumptions 
about race and more importantly how that's going to affect the way I operate and just make predictions and the way I make decisions um, as a school leader in the near future. So um, the, the deep dive, the deep work that we do around race and identity um, has been extremely valuable. Um, and learning from my colleagues and my cohort members ha- has been uh, a great experience and having that opportunity to do that with great teaching fellows as well is awesome. Thank you. Any any anyone else on the on the on the, the side the, the group that's already here want to want to see either either Sarah or Tracy? I, I can chime in. Um, and this is coming from a place of that I love Lee, I love Sarah, I love Sarah Lee, Sarah Fireman, the teaching space are, and on the teaching we don't always agree. You know, uh, an African American male who's been navigating these spaces for a long time, my most recent position being a African-American principal of a predominantly white school, a public school in Western Massachusetts, I feel that um, the need to press into these issues is more important to it being peripheral. I think that school leadership program is working up to creating this as uh, a press uh, initiative that needs to be more central to the way we think about education reform, because when we talk about uh, reforming education, particularly talk about communities of color, and if these are the communities that we're talking about that are central to the reform movement, it needs to be central to the program. And I feel that SLT is on its way there. Um, and I feel that I can voice this right now, and given that we're all on the same call and those who are in front of I feel that Lee and Sarah have been very open to any suggestions, any uh, dis- uh, opinions that may be different than theirs. And I feel that it's a very safe space to have these discussions, whether you're all on the same page or not. So I think in that sense, it's a very, uh, very conducive environment to growing all you know, uh, in the same direction providing the best education in terms of uh, social justice and equity in, in education. Thanks. Uh, Sarah, do you want to say something or not? Your call. Um, I'll just add, I guess, that this is, you know, having now experienced three cohorts of SLP, um, it's really powerful to see the way that each cohort has come together to grapple with these issues. Um, and so it, I think that you're hearing us reflect on our current experience this year and having seen prior cohorts also just really come come together and support each other and support doesn't mean just being nice and agreeing as Tracy said. We push each other hard and we agree, we disagree and we have really different perspectives and um, there's been something really incredible about seeing different people different groups of people grapple with us together in the, in the previous three, three years that I've never been involved. Thank, thank you. So let me invite, um, invite some follow-up questions, comments. You know, we're, we're, we're actually using this time as a, essentially to send, send a message that we care about this, that this is an important part of the program. As Tracy says, it's not like we have it all figured out. We don't always agree on everything with, uh, within and among the teaching team. And we're actually working together to try to to try to address something, and and uh, that most I, I think that most um, educational institutions don't do that well. Um, and we're trying to prepare people who are who themselves can be transformative leaders as when they go out to start schools or run schools. Um, what what are some what are some questions that you all have? And 
Um, just I, I'm not going to call on people. It's a little awkward because you, you can't see if anyone else is about to speak, but try it. And if two people are speaking, we'll, we'll figure it out. So it's really great to hear that there's lots of support and encouragement for the self-reflection and a lot of um, like personal identity and developing in, um, in our own awareness of our biases and things like that. Um, I'm wondering, because um, this year I started um, our staff, like, I guess, quote-unquote, the diversity dialogues, just because we weren't having any um, conversations about um, race and gender and um, all these different things and, like, sensitivity um, amongst our staff even um, and how our biases affect how we um, interact with our students and then the equity that our students, um, of our students' education um, so I'm just curious. Um, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of opportunities to um, reflect for ourselves. But are we? Um, does the conversation ever come up about like how do we train our future staff or um, the people we'll be leading um, mm-hmm. in in like thinking about their own biases and their own um, privilege and um, how how their you know background um, affects how they interact with. Um, their coworkers and their students. Um, that's a great question, and um, and just actually, can you just say your name again? So I, oh, sorry, this is Jeannie. Uh, that's what I thought. I, I apologize. I had to talk too much, so I can. No, 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 no. I thought I thought that was who you were, but I, I didn't want to count on my recognition of a voice. Um, Jasmine, do you want to do you want to say a little something about that, given what you're in the midst of? Maybe not. Um, uh, so who else? Anyone want to pick that one up? Like what? What you're asking is, I understand it. What are some practical stuff that you'll learn um, in terms of leading this kind of work at your school? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can pick that up. I, I started talking, oh, yeah. and then I realized my phone was on mute. Sorry, Oh, go for it, Jasmine. No, I was just going to give an example of exactly how this is starting to, to play out in my life right now. Um, so at my practicum site, um, we have two kind of contentious groups um, going on right now, black, African-American um, males and white um, female support staff are not working together very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some issues of race have come up, but they're masked mm-hmm. with all other types of things. And because of the work that we've done since the very beginning of, you know, our time at SLP, myself and the my co-intern are currently planning sessions, um, many sessions that will take place, not for us to fix any any problem that's going on because this is an adaptive change that's going to take a while, but we are opening up the conversation, and I think we feel very confident in the skills that we've learned for our own kind of racial identity development, the way we're able to talk about it so comfortably, I think we're now able to have those skills transferred into our practice site currently, and I think we feel prepared and kind of ready to do it, although it is very tough and a lot of things that you have to think about. I think we've done a lot of that work already, so it's a little bit easier um, for us to do it. So the, the more you 
do it the, the easier um, it becomes. So it is definitely transferred in a very real way. Tracy, did you want to? Did you want to jump on that one? As well? Uh, what I what I was um, you know I was going to say about the sort of the intentionality of creating this space of discomfort is that um, when learning that these conversations never exist don't make as much project when you're in the space of comfort and how to create that sort of tension in the environment around saying what needs to be said in order to for people to practice being uncomfortable in conversations I've noticed over time and I'm very impressed with this successful fears is that as the more and more they willingly walk into the discomfort, the less uncomfortable it becomes. Um, because, you know, typically in school you'll have your half-day professional development on diversity. It's very uncomfortable that people typically avoid it until the next day on the you know. And the conversation might take place in pockets. However, what I've noticed over time with this group is that the more that we had the conversations in these market points in the open learning sessions, the more the conversations began to happen more outside of class, began to happen uh, within class, and then when we brought these sort of conversations up as uh, a part of class which happens frequently, it's less of a taboo subject, you know, and that's why I think practice and frequency has been a real um, uh, benefit to the group, not just the, the group of students, but the group, but the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, teaching team also. And just one thing I want to, I want to add. Is because it possible to add one more thing? Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, so, so just some concrete examples. Um, some of the readings that I think are very foundational that, that we've had in T330 is we look at things not just in terms of microaggressions, but we're looking at macro and systemic aggressions. And what I mean by that um, is we look at generational poverty. We don't just look at, quote-unquote, achievement gaps, but we look at educational debt. And so what, what have been systems of oppression that have existed that have created the conditions that we have today. So we need to have sort of a sociological and historical understanding of what we're dealing with. And then we ask students to do racial autobiographies, to assess themselves through Latin villains, racial identity development. Uh, we're looking, we've had affinity groups, we've done some fishbowls, and that has been powerful learning moments that, as Tracy alluded to earlier, sometimes has been difficult, but it's part of the work that we do here in SLP. And what I wanted to add was also in response to your question, Jeannie, is that um, the, the stuff that happens on Friday afternoon, what we call OLS, which is, which is open or optional learning uh, sessions uh, about leadership, is while Stacey and, and uh, Tracy and Cesar um, organize it, and they, what they do is they, each time they recruit a crew of students who want to do a lot of the up in front of the room teaching, so what you end up, as I said, a lot of them are about uh, issues of race and other kinds of difference. And so students are, get, are signing up voluntarily and getting some real hands-on work in leading adults in these conversations. So, and that's, that's something that um, is an innovation this year. And we, we, we thank um, Tracy and Cesar for, uh, for doing that. It's, it's something that we're, we're definitely planning to continue into, into next year, because the ripples of that in terms of people's practice in their at their practicum sites, as well as in the cohort, are, are, are really powerful. Other other questions, other things that are on on the minds of other other folks on the call.
Hi. Yeah, this, <laughs> sorry, this, this is Michael again. I just, I think we've heard a good amount about how this plays out with adults and, and um, you know, leaders. Just wondering if there's any examples or any of the work that, that kind of goes into the communities and or work that directly relates to the communities that people are working with in their practicum and, and kind of how this issue um, you know, you know, comes to life when they when they do that kind of work with the communities or within the schools and the students. Okay, another great question. Who would like to pick that up? a little bit to um, the way it transfers to the community once you uh, establish a certain understanding about race within your school community. Um, <clears throat> I'm giving a lot of examples tonight, but currently in my practical site, our Cohen and myself are planning a um, multicultural week-long event at our school. Um, I think we've we kicked off the year with the thing of normalizing high achievement um, for all students. So we've had some conversations about race, and then we know that it was a part of the vision of our headmaster uh, at our school. So we wanted to make sure that we honored that and, and showed that importance not only to the staff, but also um, involving our parents. So currently, um, our parents council, along with a few of the advisory board members, are helping us plan this week to celebrate um, the varying cultures that our school uh, represents. So we're doing that um, in a couple different ways, but I think that's the most, that's the one that comes to my mind more directly with how we're reaching out to the community members and parents in recognizing um, different cultures and races and the work that we do. And just, this is Sarah. Um, I'm going to add that one is the, the major pieces of work over the course of the years because it is um, a project on family and community engagement, um, and that it happens through one of the core courses currently taught by Sarah Fireman. And um, the students, as uh, part of a uh, one of their two big projects in the spring, is is planning something around family and community engagement. And we hope that at that point in the year, we've, we've equipped people and given people lots of chances to practice leading around race issues of race and equity so that they can build that into the work that they do in that final project. Great. Thank you. Other, either follow-up question or other questions? Yeah, I'm just curious. Um, can you give us examples of those projects that students have done for their practicum? Um, yeah, well, I, I wish I could suggest more easily, but it's actually it, it, this. these projects have been redesigned this year because um, there's new requirements for licensure, so we've reorganized some of the core courses. I mean, most of it was work that we were already doing in, in terms of the courses, but some of it is just playing out in time. 
in different ways and that the, the previous, for example, when I was a student, the, the um, requirements of the final project was more about developing a plan for community engagement um, relating to student learning that we then shared with our principal um, and some other stakeholders. Now, now the the final project is that people are actually doing this work. So this year's current interns are actually doing it now, as Jasmine was talking about, and then we'll be writing it up at the end of the month. So I don't at this point know that I have a clear idea um, of, of many of the projects. I mean, a couple of examples. I know some, there's one student who is um, working on connecting first-generation students who will be first-generation college students um, and pairing them with families who have more experience with the college application process. So sort of matching from the community's resources with students who need those resources. Um, so that's one example. Um, Tracy says, I'm not sure if you know it, other people work on PAL-4 as co-supervisors. You may know that more than I do. Um, uh, Chris and I at our practice I have started a family engagement team, um, a team made up of the parent coordinator, teachers um, in the school building, and a few parents that are able to make our meetings. Um, and hopefully th this team will carry on for the time that we're, we're not there. Um, currently, we had different initiatives about raising the attendance rate at Open House, which we were able to successfully do given the efforts of the entire school and having the support of our headmaster. Um, the multicultural week was a part of that. Um, so we were actually able to start a team, and we did this early in the year as soon as we got there after, you know, assessing data, things like that. This was something that was very important to us, and we had the blessing of our headmaster to start this team, and we've been pretty successful with a lot of our efforts this year. And let me let me just uh, one of the questions was about coursework and how things kind of fit together. Um, and in addition, so you probably you've read the website, so you know that there are two uh, there are two required core courses. One of them I teach, and one of them uh, is uh, is taught by another Sarah uh, Sarah Fireman who isn't on the call right now. Um, and and the the three other teaching fellows uh, work in. In, in basically both classes. So, you know, you've got the integration of, uh, of what's going on um, between one class and the other. In addition to that, I'm particularly responding to the question about family and community engagement. Um, there's, like, students take a whole bunch of other courses, and uh, one, of them, uh, uh, one of them that's that many of our students take either in the full semester version or in the, the half version in during January term is taught by Karen Mapp. Um, who's a national, uh, nationally renowned um, educator, practitioner, and scholar around family and community engagement, um, and who also is totally comfortable talking and weaving in issues of race into her class. Um, so people get, uh, I mean, what you'll find is that you'll find a number of resources in the, in the, um, in both the required courses as well as that plus other elective courses that, um, That'll support you in, uh, uh, in 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 growth of that. Also, sort of stepping away slightly bigger picture is that um, 
the, the, within SLP a few years ago, we identified a number of areas that, we, that the students thought were really important to help them become transformative leaders. And that included sort of understanding why, why, why issues of race and equity mattered, understanding what their own personal biases are and their, their own triggers, um, understanding how to, how to lead other professionals around this work, developing courage enough to, to, to do it because it's, it goes against the grain in a lot of situations. Um, and, um, and those, those have been uh, more widely adopted by the rest of the school so that one of the things that you'll find is that um, the, the rest of the faculty has adopted these, what we, they call diversity competencies that are modeled on what we're doing in SLP so that ideally, and it's a work in progress, it's not all there by any means, um, ideally what, you're, what you'll be finding in other classes, including non-SLP classes, is a, a, a attention to how the, issue, the issues of diversity and equity play out um, and need to play out in your, in your coursework, regardless of what the course is. Other, let me open if, there, if there's another question or two that is, that is out there. Things that are on and your mind. Yep, please. Lee, um, this is actually, this is Sarah Fireman, and oh, um, I'm one of the other uh, core course instructors. And I'm so sorry to be joining late. I'm just hopping on now. I was meeting with students and wrapping up after class, um, and so I've just been listening for a little bit and had one other thing to add to this question. Um, is that all right, Lee? Of course. All right. Um, so just. And this may have come up already, but um, thinking specifically about this issue of family engagement and how we ensure that we're approaching family engagement in a way that respects families from all different racial, ethnic, linguistic backgrounds. Um, in class, we had, I thought, a pretty important and powerful conversation about how we make sure that using Karen Mapp's dual capacity uh, framework, how do we make sure that when we're engaging with families, we're not... Uh, expecting a one-way relationship where the school is dictating this is what families are required to do in order to um, be good partners that um, the teaching team and the students really push back on saying, well, how do we make sure we're not just replicating um, dominant white culture in terms of what we're mm -hmm. expecting from family engagement? How do we make sure we're not saying unless you engage in ways that are more typical of a white middle-class family, we cannot engage with you. And mm -hmm. so I would say one of the other supports that students in this cohort have is the incredible um, insight of their colleagues, that conversation in class. Um, and people didn't all agree. People of all different racial backgrounds actually had a range of responses to an article we read about this, but... Um, but I think the wisdom in the room is a, a really important uh, resource for students learning. The wisdom of other students. Yeah, thank you for thank you for bringing that. I mean, the the cohort itself is such a, a wonderful opportunity as people get develop trust and some skills around talking to each other around hard stuff. You see it. It's not just inside a class; it's outside the class, and we we uh, we love that. Other um, other questions.
So I'm going to move us to kind of wrap up. If uh, I mean, our goal was to make sure that you got some understanding about about this topic, which is so important um, in, in our view for what leaders need to know and be able to do. Um, I'll sort of put one more pause out there for either questions or comments from from um, from any of the admitted students. Um, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll give you another another pause and then and then we'll wrap up. Anything else that you want to add? Either ask or or add as a comment. Leah, Tara, can I add one thing? Of course. Um, I I just wanted to give an example of what Sarah was saying when she said talked about the wisdom in the room and how these bonds I think continue over time. Is that I was lucky enough to run into one of my cohort mates from my year a few weeks ago. I thought we would miss each other when he was in town, but we randomly saw each other on the street. And it took about 30 seconds before we were talking about the deep work he's doing as principal um, in Dallas right now and the work he's trying to do to galvanize his faculty to really meet the needs of all of his students. And we had maybe a 10-minute conversation, but we we were... able to use all of what we've learned in, we learned in SLP and our connection with each other to really talk about real things that the very hard work of making sure every student in the building is excelling. Um, and it was just a wonderful moment of being able to reconnect. And um, so I just wanted to say that as a way to say you, the wisdom is in the room and it also carries with you beyond just your one year in SLP. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks. So, um, thank you. Thanks for joining. We hope that this um, that this was useful for you to get a perspective on an important part of the program. Um, I, I want to thank um, the, the teaching team, Sarah and Sarah and Tracy and Cesar, and um, and Jasmia as one of our current students for. Um, for taking time out of their their evening to um, to have this conversation, and as I said, we also will for people who weren't able to make uh, make it. We'll put this uh, this will be available on the website as well. So um, Lee, I have one other I have one other last thing. Okay, go. <laughs> just to be This is Sarah Fireman um, again, one of the inspectors, and I I just wanted to say maybe Lee said this before I hopped on the call, but um, one of the things that really excites me about this program is the learning, again, of this cohort of students who are all committed to social justice, who are all committed to increasing uh, racial, economic, gender equity. And you, all of the students on this call, all of the students who've been admitted to this program, we saw such inspiring strengths in you, in your commitment to this equity work, and I just feel really excited to learn from you and to bring you into this community where you all are going to get to learn from each other, so I just want to take a minute to recognize your commitment to this work and the value that that will bring to this program. It's really immense. I've been, I mean, Jasmine is one of the students I have just learned so much from, and I'm so grateful that other students have gotten to learn from her. So the, the student cohort in this program is, is really inspiring. 
So kudos to all of you admitted folks. We're <laughs> eager to meet you. Yes, and speaking of that, um, there is uh, there's an event for students of color on Sunday afternoon, which you know about, and then there's an open house um, for any SLP admitted students next Monday, um, and we look forward to um, to seeing you. And in general, I, I just closed the way I closed on Monday. If our goal is to get you um, as much information as you need to make a big decision, it's not a program for the faint of heart. Um, we care a lot deeply about about our work, as we know that you do, and we want we want you to come here if it is a good match for you. So, thanks again to all the participants, and um, and good night. Thank you. Um, thank you. Good night. Thank good you. Night. Good night. Bye. Hi. Uh, I have one question. If you're still there. Yeah. Hi. Sorry, Hi. this is Jeannie. I don't know who else is. I'm here. Um, I don't know if this is like the appropriate place to be asking, um, but just curious about like um, the Urban Scholars Program, where you would have a lifelong network of um, colleagues to be, you know, continuing this conversation. Um, I don't know if you have any attachment to that, or like if you would know uh, when students would find out if they got accepted to that program. Um, I actually don't know, but if you send me an email, I can find out. Um, uh, oh, okay. I, I could find. I just don't know what the deadlines are. I don't know them off the top of my head. You can either send me an oh, email, okay. or you can send.